can do this. Welcome to my podcast, What the Fuck Spirit. If you made it past that name, this is going to be the podcast for you. This is going to be a no holds barred, no bullshit, open and honest conversation with Maria Leggett, and that's me, about all things spiritual. It's time to begin talking in an open and honest way about what spirituality is and what it is not. We're going to discuss all things woo-woo, witchcraft, spiritual, queer spirituality, medium versus psychic, energy healing, light work, shadow work, and any other bullshit that people want you to believe because it keeps them comfortable. It is time for you to grow. Let's go. Good morning, everyone. Actually, it's good afternoon because it's now noon. How are you? I am super, super excited to be on here today. I have an amazing guest. Um, So first, let's talk about what's going on with me. Um, We have the podcast today, obviously, because you're watching it or listening to it. Um, Coming in July 11th at Temple of the Rebel Goddess, we have Mediumship 101 coming up, and that is a four-week course. And it's going to be um, Tuesday nights from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And that is in person only. So for those of you who've been dying and waiting for Mediumship 101 to come back online, um, I've had some feedback from some clients that they find it more difficult to do four weeks in a row. Um, And so I'm going to release on July 29th. It's going to be an all day thing from 11 a.m. Eastern to 7 p.m. Eastern. That's going to be Mediumship 101 all day in one class, if you would like to do that. Um, We also have readings that I'm doing in person at Find Me in the Woods on Tuesdays. And I have started doing women's circles and sound baths down at Washington Courthouse, Ohio for um, the Yoga Room Washington Courthouse. So excited at 138 South Lafayette in Washington Courthouse. And if you own a metaphysical business and you would like for me to teach Mediumship 101, 102, run a women's circle, do sound baths, please contact me because I am open to travel. I am manifesting going to different states and spreading my love and my energy everywhere so that everybody knows that they are accepted and welcome and you have a place to go. So that's what's happening with me. And today we are going to talk with Sarah Monroe of The Art of Wild Pleasure and my most amazing favorite place to be, Temple of the Rebel Goddess in Dayton, Ohio. Sarah is an amazing creatrix, director. I mean, she's just, she's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. To be around her and feel her energy, you know that everything is just going to be okay in the world. Even if she's having a fucked up day, she'll just sit in your mess with you if you're having one. She just is giving and loving and generous and sweet. And she's also got this kind of sour side to her like I do, right? And throws the F word around. And that's why we get along so well. (laughs) Because she is just as real and amazing as I am. And yes, I am amazing. And I have zero issues with admitting that. (laughs) So let me bring on the amazing Sarah Monroe. Hello, love. Okay, so anytime I'm feeling shit about myself or about the world, I'm just going to fucking listen to that intro because (laughs) that was an ego stroke, baby. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? I should have asked you 
who, what name should I call you by in this podcast? I just realized well, that. If, if you call me Maria, I'll probably cry. Please call me. Okay. Call. Okay. That's what I was like. Shelly was going to be the name that I naturally use, but I wanted to make sure. Please. Okay. Please. Fucking perfect. That's so exciting. And also the yoga room. Is that with Jess and B? Yes. Oh my God. Those are two of my favorite humans. I'm obsessed with B. She's one of my you know most greatest. Like literally, I'm at the point favorite. where I'm thinking maybe I should change my hair and kind of get it more like hers and be a little more wild. Wild? I freaking yes. love B so much. Yes, that's so fantastic. I well, congratulations. That's so great. I'm so glad that you're traveling around. Thank you. I know I'm so excited. So we started talking about this. Like Jess and I met in this really interesting way. Her ex-husband and I used to work together. So that's how I met her. Oh my gosh. Such a small world. <laughs> Totally not even like he was not into the metaphysical at all. So mm -hmm. the fact that, you know, he would come in, he found out that I was, and he would ask me these weird questions. And I'd be like, she's just doing what's natural, babe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Over yourself. That's so wild. Oh, I love that. It's amazing how spirit can really just make things happen when it needs to. So clearly we were, you know, meant to meet through him and. Yeah. I absolutely love and adore B and Jess. They are just yeah. brilliant humans. Yeah, I agree. I can get behind that. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about you because, okay. you know, I like talking about you. Okay. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why we get along. I don't mind talking about me either. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> okay. So what do you want to talk about? Oh, I want to know all the things. So I want you to, um, I want you to talk about what it is that you do, how you do it. Like, just tell me everything about you, what your business is. And okay. if you want, like separate them so that people can get a picture of you as the art of wild pleasure. Mm -hmm. And then a picture of you as co-creator with, you know, the rebel goddess reclamation slash temple of the rebel goddess. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Wonderful. All the things. All Thank the you. Things. Okay, so I founded the Art of Wild Pleasure and I co-created Rebel Goddess Reclamation as it was originally known and then slash now it's the Temple of the Rebel Goddess with Sam Spihala, which is, she's, uh, I know that this is not the first lifetime that we've experienced together and I'm really excited that we get to create in this life. Wait, wait, wait. Is that how you pronounce her last name? Spihala, yeah. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> it looks like Spychala. It does. Yeah, it's yeah. Something, it makes sense because, you know, I was Jewish for a long time. So it's like. Hala bread. Yeah. Hala, yeah. <laughs> yes. I that's will actually get that now. That's actually when I asked her how she pronounced it. That's how she described it. She was like, it's like spy. Hala. <laughs> I was like, okay, I love you. <laughs> that's before I even knew her. And I was like, yeah, okay. I, I love you. Perfect. Okay. Um, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, please. No, no, no. No apologies. Okay. So I, okay. We're gonna get we're gonna get into intimate details in yeah. in regards to how I started the art of wild pleasure. So I was married for about ten years, and it was extremely angry marriage. It wasn't a physically angry marriage. It was just like we were angry all the time. We were so young. Um, we were so both like pig headed, bull headed. Uh, neither one of us made each other happy. We had kids. Um, no, truly no spirituality, no career, no nothing. It was just like, we were just existing and I hated my existence to, mm -hmm. to the, the cellular level. And, um, after I transitioned away from the marriage and moving into, okay. So intimately in the marriage, 
we're going to get in the, into the details. Intimately in the marriage, I felt like I was broken. There was no pleasure, intimacy. There was no pleasure in life. There was just, I was just a lump of cells inside of a flesh bag that was just living, if you could really call it that. Yeah. And then um, the first, the first person I was intimate with after the marriage, I was like, oh, I'm not broken. It's just that we did not bring each other pleasure. Yes. And then the first real relationship I had after the marriage, I, it was, it was beautiful. It was everything. It was intimacy. It was connection on a level that I, that I'd never experienced before. But then eventually it began to feel like a chore again. Like it had all those other times where it's like, okay, if if we're, if we're going to get it on in the sack, it's going to be for you. This is all for you. I'm just going to kind of like lay here and let it be. Mm -hmm. And I, I felt, I was so heartbroken because of that, because we have an infinite or an F, excuse me, not an infinite, a finite number of years in this body of ours that we can be sexually and healthy and active. And what a travesty that it felt like a chore for me. I mean, you know, we've got life and and jobs and kids and um, exterior activities, of course, that's going to hamper our, our ecstaticness, but also like, why, why, why does that have to happen? right? These expectations that are set, we're trying to meet these expectations. We're falling short of the expectations. We're miserable at every turn. And so when I realized that I was falling into that cycle again of, even though I enjoyed enjoyed my time with him, I didn't want to have that time with him. So then I was like, okay, if this happened before and it happened again, I I know I'm not the only woman who has felt this way. So I started studying and I started getting books and listening to podcasts and TED Talks and um, documentaries about what I could find out about um, the female sexuality, which there's many more books than there's other things now. I mean, now all these years later, there's so many beautiful podcasts to listen to and um and things to um, experience through social media. Although I would, I I would caution to say, make sure that you're filtering what you're seeing on social media. That if you see something, make sure you research and actually find out that that's the actual truth. Because Amen. these 10, 20 second bites that we're getting are not necessarily factual, or they're factual, but there's these parameters of things that you have to know these outer layers to know this inner inner um, lining. Um, but when I started, I started on the physical level. And I realized that as a 30-year-old, 30-something-year-old woman, I didn't know my bits and bobbles. I had no idea that the vulva was different from the vagina. And I didn't, Mm -hmm. like, I knew that everything had a name, but I didn't know these names. And then it made me go, well, what a damn travesty. Like, we're taught health one time in middle school, and we're going to be inside of these bodies for our, our entire human existence. Why is health? And our physical wellness and our well-being not talked about every year. Like we should know these things so that when something does go wrong, we know. Like we usually already intuitively know, but that most of us, like I'll give an example. Doesn't matter if you've given physical birth or not. Doesn't matter if you're if you identify as male, female, or or anything on the spectrum. We all probably have a weakened pelvic floor. We all probably experience some form of pelvic prolapse because we are not strengthening our pelvic floor the way that it needs to be. Some people are over tight. Some people are under tight. We don't know. We have no parameters of these things, but we know we sne- we pee a little when we sneeze. That's not normal. 
doesn't matter right. if you've if you physically given birth that's not a normal thing but we are not taught these things we are not given um, education following let's just take birthing bodies we're not given education following the birth of those bodies to know how to bring ourselves back to a space of health and awareness or um we've were you know told in the five minutes that we see our doctor that you know these are the things to look out for but then there's not room to grow and explore and and figure out all these little intricacies. So when I started on the physical level, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know these things. I cannot be the only woman who does not know these things. <clears throat> so a lot of my work I do, I will say that I special, I don't want to say specialize, but I do focus on women's um, health, people who identify as women. Um, so stepping back from the physical level, I was like, well, who am I as a human? Who, who am I as like experiencing this life in, in, with this flesh and bone body of mine? Um, because I didn't have spirituality to really anchor me. Mm -hmm. um, so then I then I then I took a step back and um, I luckily had in through a confluence of events, became friends with a woman named Katie. And she introduced me to these other women and through just conversation with other women, evolution happens inside of circles. That is why circles are so important. Evolutions yeah. happen because we're entered. It could be a passing phrase that somebody says, and it cracks something open inside of you that you might not have um, gained that knowledge. You could have, but it could have came at a much later time. But these evolutions happen inside of women's circles of these soft spaces that we can be. And, um, because of her, I was introduced to Danielle Dolsky and from Danielle Dolsky, I don't remember if it was her specifically, but like, cause everything kind of happened in this crazy confluence of events. I was introduced to Dr. Car Clarissa Pinkola Estes and, um, it, it, <laughs> all of these beautiful things kept falling into place where I knew, I knew that I was on the path of something beautiful and wild. and. Um, these books and these uh, women who are far more knowledgeable than me that I just bow at their feet. And then I know that they're like holding me up at their side. Cause it's like, it's no longer to be bowed. It's time for you to be up here. It's just, ugh. okay. So from that, from all of those beautiful things, I, I just went head first into it. And I was taking training at the house of almond yellow Springs, Ohio with Daniel Dolsky and Melissa who owns house of Om. Uh, really just let me throw shit at the wall and see what stuck. So I did my first ever workshop there. It was called, um, it was, it was, I love, I love a good title. And so it was called Happy Yoni Yoga, Yoni meaning sacred space, most likely or most commonly referred to as our vulva and vagina. So Happy Yoni Yoga, colon. Um, oh, it was a much longer title where it was something like um, understanding our div divine selves or something like that. I just remember I've always wanted to use happy yoni yoga. So it was just a workshop of talking about um, the vulva, the parts and pieces, how we can connect to it, our se sexual experiences, how we can keep it, um, keep it, thus keeping ourselves healthy. And um, through House of Om. Sam and I were able to cultivate our relationship to create Rebel Goddess Reclamation. So Sam saw me in 2018 at a solstice gala where I, I, I um, performed a spoken word called A Love Letter to a Wild Woman. It's my most favorite thing I've ever written. And um, her and I met later that year. She, I had just learned about Daniel Dolsky and she was like, oh my gosh, I took Danielle's training. And the way that it 
that it worked is at the time she no longer offers this particular training, but Danielle um, would allow any graduates to come back and just kind of hang out and you didn't have to pay. You could just come back for the training and like who wouldn't take advantage of that. And you'd be surprised the amount of women who didn't take advantage of it. But Sam took advantage of it because she knew I was going to be in that class. And she was like, yeah, I've got the time. And so in that training, I said something along the lines of we were, kind of working on our bios to make our bios really juicy. And I said, I throw a really great party or a plan, a gr really great party, something like that. And Sam goes, yes, I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to do something. And I was like, okay. And then um, from that, we created the first of two events that we got off the ground before the lockdowns happened. And we called them seasonal events. So they were based on the season and they were spoken word and poetry and storytelling and music and dance and ecstatic experience. It was really beautiful. And then we were planning our third one. A lockdown happened. And in that time frame, for the longest time, am I overwhelming? Is this good? Are we good? Yeah, no. <laughs> sometimes I feel like I run away and, and it's like, ah, so much information. No, no, okay. no. I'm enjoying all of this. Like I'm trying to keep notes in my head of oh, what I'm going to okay, ask you about. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I was I was for the longest time a cert certification chaser. Like I didn't feel like I was worthy to teach. Oh, been more. there, done that. Yeah, right. Oh, I know. I know you know a thing or two about that. Oh, God. So I was, yeah. So I had paid for all of these courses and I was like, I was just gifted time. I need to utilize this time. Don't get me wrong. There was definitely days of depression inside the lockdown. Like there's such a black cloud over that time that the only way that I could even like begin to tell you what I experienced in that time was looking back at my calendar, because if I didn't schedule it, I wouldn't remember it anyways. So I, I had all of these certifications that I was getting and inside one of them was like a, um, a menarch. Um, some people pronounce it monarchy, our blood. It was a, it was a way to create um, sacred space for our um, girls who have just transitioned to maidens to celebrate their the coming of their blood. And inside that training, uh, there was a, um, not a promotion, but just a, hey, this is something that you could do if you wanted to at one of these events, which was make red drums. And I was like, what is this? And through that, I became a red drum carrier through um, Nakaya Seeds at the Red Moon Mystery School. And I knew that making, so these, they're frame drums. So originally women were the drummers. There's this beautiful book called When the Women Were Drummers. I might be paraphrasing the title, but it's by um, Lane Redman, who has since passed, but she has written one of the most beautiful books. I cannot recommend it enough about the history of how women were in charge of most, if not all, sacred ceremonies in our ancient times. We would drum people while they were birthing. We would drum people into death, into the next life cycle. We would drum when they were planting seeds. We would drum at ceremonies for the season. So we were the drummers. And when I took this training and I made my first drum, I was like, holy shit, I have to bring this specifically to other women. Now we do it for everybody. Anybody who wants to make drums, let's make fucking drums because they're the best. But I was like, I know I have to do this. So <laughs> the first time I did it, I was like, I, I want to make it a full day experience because it is a higher price thing because most people will only string one, maybe two drums in their life. So it is a higher priced experience. Yeah. And I wanted it to feel like 
of true creation, not just come in, make some holes, string it, be done with it. It needed to be a ceremony itself. And I love cultivating ceremonies. And the very first person I thought about doing it with was Sam. Cause I was like, there's no way that I can, there's no way that I can hold space and hold space with integrity and quality for eight plus hours. And so the idea was that I would do this and every time I would have a different helper and the exchange would be, they would get a drama in exchange for helping me that day. And so Sam came in and helped me with the first one. She helped me create the timeline. She helped just her thoughts, her opinions. Sam is just pure, pure magic. Yeah. Agreed. Just absolute Absolutely. pure magic. Yes, and her brain, like I'm deeply in love with her brain. Um, and she came and she helped the first time and she's like, yeah, I'm never leaving. I was like, no, the fuck you ain't. You ain't never leaving. <laughs> never. And so we were nomadic for a really long time. So we took um, drum making all throughout the, um, the, our area, Washington Courthouse. We were there um, a few times. So we've created drums many places in the Ohio area. And we would, you know, given the opportunity, we would travel. But it does feel different when you have all of your supplies in one location as yeah. opposed to packing them up and traveling. But so we had done that for the better part of a year. And, and then beautiful, another 30 minute story confluence of events. Um, we came into our sweet, sweet temple and made her into just the most gorgeous thing. And we're very proud of the community we've created with the temple and outside of the temple. Um, so the red drum experience was originally an art of wild pleasure experience. And then um, the art of wild pleasure has kind of evolved into being um, heavily focused on retreats. I tried the online thing and it just wasn't for me. It just is not something that I felt like the fire to passionately cultivate. Right. My, um, my medicine and what I want to offer, it has to be experienced in person. And that's just something that I know about myself. Yep. And so I offer... I do, I, I can offer one-on-ones online and that's not a problem with me at all, but group experiences, they have to be in person for me. So I offer a few week-long retreats, a few weekend retreats. Um, if I could, if I could have just week-long and weekend retreats throughout my year to sustain me, that would be like primo life right there. And I'm, and I'm on my way. I'm very much on my way. Um, and then I, I, I felt the call to start cultivating ceremonies, whether it's one-on-one -on -one in-person ceremonies um, or a private group ceremony. Like I come to your house or possibly you come to the temple because we're wanting to use that for more than just the public things that we have to offer. So we're starting to add that into our schedule. So yeah, so the Art of Wild Pleasure is the reconnection, the rewilding, the the yumminess that is life, the sumptuousness that is life and the connection to earth. And I'm just getting the flashes of images like dirty feet on the earth, our hands yeah. in the grass, the wind in our hair, the sun on our skin. That is the art of wild pleasure. And then the temple of the rebel God goddess is spiritual community seen through lenses of many different walks of life. And it's the most beautiful thing. Thank you for that 30 minutes of letting me talk. Don't know if I answered your question, but you got my life story. Of course you did, which I absolutely love. And it's funny, like I'm, you're listing all this stuff out and I'm thinking, okay, I want to ask her about this and I want to ask her about that, which is why I always say, introduce yourself 
because I really like the organic flow of the podcast. I don't like having these preset, all these mm-hmm. things. I have one mm-hmm. preset question and that's it. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. Um, so, you know, it's interesting that you say this because you're absolutely right. Women as a whole are never taught. And I can't imagine that it's any better. In fact, I would think it's probably worse for a trans woman mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. learn how to, you know, care for your vagina, mm-hmm. bring it in honor it, mm-hmm. you know, because there are so many pieces, at least with trans women, they're taught, you know, there's the major vulva, the minor vulva, there's the, yeah, they, there's they the, are, yeah, because yeah, it's, so well, they go through bottom surgery, especially they have an yeah. intimate knowledge that, that exactly things that women who are born with it don't have. Yeah. But after that, are you taught to work with the mess, the medicine of your vagina? Yeah. Are you taught to you know, do all of these things. And yeah. it's not necessarily the case. Um, I mean, I didn't grow up feeling like masturbation was okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people who grow up in the church because the church says that masturbation is not okay. Yeah. But how else do you know what your body enjoys if you don't? Preach it. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Exactly. We are we grow up with the expectations that we know how to make love and we're never taught how to make love. And that is no. a tra- that's a travesty. We're not it given the tools yet. We're given the exam. And a lot of times we ain't acing that exam, baby, because we're no. not taught. And then we're also taught that the end goal of intimacy is orgasm. That is not the end goal. No, it is pleasure. It is the experience of being intimate with your partner in a way that fills your soul up or partners in a way that fills your soul up to surrender to this ecstatic bliss. But it does not have to mean that the apex of that is the orgasm. And that's the travesty. Yeah, that's not the that's not the whole end goal. The whole end goal is to fully embrace the beauty of your body, no matter what Mm. size it is, no matter what you identify as just love your body. Yeah. And And I would, and I would also um, add to that safety. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because if you don't feel safe with the partner that you're with, like full surrender safe, then you're never going to experience the levels that pleasure has to offer you. And it's not necessarily, and and I'll also add this with a caveat, it's not even necessarily necessary that it's the person that you're with it's the um, experiences of your lifetime that you might have to learn how to shed and remove and work through and understand for you to be able to find yourself at a place of complete safety for you to have complete pleasure. And that's, yeah. the, that's where the work is. That's hard Absolutely. work. Yes. I don't disagree with you. And um, I mean, you're going to share, so I'll share. And I'm going to try to make sure that I don't put any details out so nobody can figure out who's who in this whole scenario. (laughs) Um, When I was much, much younger, um, I had a few sexual partners that, I mean, I I, I just, I did it because it was what I was supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. You do, excuse me, there's my throat going, are you you really? And so... You know, it's not that I didn't have the the 
the the sexual excitement beforehand, but mm-hmm. the during was like it was difficult and it was really hard for me because I had been molested as a child. So that really fucked with my ability to yeah. be able to be comfortable naked with someone. Yeah. Because somebody else has already taken advantage of me and shown me that it was all about them, not about me at all. And mm-hmm. when you're a kid, because you're a child, it's not even shit the show's supposed to be happening. Yeah. And so I really had to work through some of that stuff to try and figure out, am I comfortable with any of this? Mm-hmm. Finally, I came across a partner who gave me my very first orgasm and I was embarrassed when it happened. Mm. I was embarrassed and wanted to cry because I didn't know that this was a thing because I had not been educated, was not aware here we go. (laughs) Um, Was not aware that women could actually ejaculate just like a man can. Yeah. Had no idea. And so I was completely embarrassed and wanted to cry. And thank God my partner at the time was very educated on whim sex. I don't know why or how that he was that educated, but I was grateful because Mm -hmm. he had, he had to explain it to me. And I was the one with the vagina and the clitoris. Yeah. So he explained to me, no, 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 that is female ejaculation. There's this thing in here called the Cowper's gland. I mean, like he literally explained it all to me. That's amazing. I know. Like literally spirit put this man in my path. Absolutely. What I had down there. Yeah. And, and so I was like, oh, really? So that's okay. He's like, yeah. And I said, can we do that again? He's like, yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) Yeah. And so I. At that point, and I was so young, again, we're talking about age, right? I was so young and I mistook the enjoyment of that pleasure, that intimacy to be for love. It wasn't that I loved it. It I loved the sex. Yeah. Yep. And so that, and that is another thing that we're not taught and it's okay for you and it's okay not to have, it's okay for it to be lust. Yes, but we need to understand the differentiation of lust and love, especially because um, when we're thinking about classically, I shouldn't say classically because I don't want to put anybody in a box. But a lot of the times we experience sexual um, experiences with people that are about our same age and boys and girls specifically will look at as a heterosexually boys are not at the same level. They're just, they're full of hormones and they're full of their pleasure. Yes. And girls are full of angst and anxiety for the most part and pleasuring him and not about what is making me happy. And if we don't do things like be intimate with ourselves, explore ourselves or have a partner who's willing to explore with us, we don't know what's going to make us happy. Yeah. No, I'd completely disagree with you. And so I wound up stepping into this place of, you know, we, we split up and went our separate ways. And then I met another man who was very adventurous sexually. Uh And he showed me things that I was, I, I mean, and I felt very safe with him. Yeah. But only in that way, like sexually, we were so compatible, but as, a man and a woman, yeah. I couldn't trust him for shit. Yeah. I call that devil dick. <laughs> yes. There we go. I love that. So I was definitely with the devil dick for a long yeah. time. Yeah. 
because it's just it's it's so bad it's good because that human is just trash but yeah. it's hard yeah. as yeah we all we all know the song and dance yeah and it's and good it is good yes and, and it's so hard to not be with the good agreed Yes. And so I was with someone after him who was not adventurous, didn't know a lot, was much more shy in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. And so they happened to make a comment to me one time. Then immediately I turtled, went completely back into my shell. Mm -hmm. And she has that wild woman who really enjoyed sex, really enjoyed all those things, has never come back out again. Mm. And I am 54 and I want her back. Yeah. And so I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, oh my God, how can I work with Sarah to get this back? Because I miss this. I miss that yeah. part of you, right? And my poor husband is like, hey, you know, can we? Um... <laughs> yeah. Which is which is the, the, the soul song of a lot of women. A <gasps> lot of women. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So Jake is watching the podcast. And he's oh, hi, Jake. He Hi, posted, you gorgeous bitch. I know he's isn't he amazing. So he posted below. He goes, "It's coma dick. It's so good you wake up six months later wondering what happened." <laughs> <laughs> you ain't never lied, Jake. I'm telling you, <laughs> this is hilarious. I didn't know that there was a comment section, so that like I just clicked over to it. That's hilarious. It is coma dick. I love it. Yes, I totally love that. So yeah, like it's, you know, and I, I distinctly remember when my older girls were growing up, I handed them a mirror and said, go in the bathroom and go look at yourself. Uh -huh. You need to know what's down there. Yeah. You need to understand. Yep. What I wish, have. I wish my children, um, cause my children are older now. I mean, they're not, I, two of them are adults. One is not. Um, but the one that is not is very like, well, I should say this. I never held back, even with my son, because I'm like, this is going to do nothing but service you. Like, it's going to serve right. you as a man that is heterosexual for the woman that you choose to be with. So I had, um, there's this book. Oh, my gosh. It is fleeting from my brain right now. But it's about vulvas. And it was one of the quickest Kickstarter funded books. And what it was is... Um, I kept it on the coffee table for a few years and then we opened the temple and now it's at the temple. Um, but what it is, is women um, sent in images of their vulva and then uh, an artist, I believe she is from New Zealand or they are, I don't know how they identify, um, did an artistic rendering. So they're all like an animated version of them. And then there's a little story about how they, how they came into the relationship of their vulva. Because if you are somebody who watches classic pornography, and there's nothing wrong with a good porn as long as it's an ethical porn, uh, but we are exposed to one style of vulva for the most part. And if oh. we don't have that vulva, if men see that and they're seeing the same style of vulva, and if women see that and they're seeing the same style of vulva, if they deviate from that, they're weird. There, listen, we're a fucking snowflake baby. Every single vulva in the world is different yeah. from the other. You know, it's funny. I never thought about that before, yeah. but you're absolutely correct because yeah. they all kind of look uniform, right? Yep. They all kind of look the same. I never thought about that, but you're absolutely correct. So even if 
even in porno, yeah. we are, we're stuck in this comparison of, yeah. oh, mine should look like that. Yep, exactly. And then that leads to this insane, please, for the love, that is all, everything that is good and pure. If you know somebody who is considering labiaplasty, please ask them to do deep research and possibly reconsider. There's nothing wrong with your vulva. The only time I would even say that that is okay is if you consistently get infections. But labiaplasty is literally the reduction of the labia, which is also a reduction of your clitoral hood, which is a reduction in Ooh. sense of pleasure. Yeah. There, I have, I have read is. surgery on top of surgery on top of surgery of women losing the sensation and they can no longer orgasm because not everybody can orgasm with internal stimulation. It is usually external. And fuck Freud. I have a deep, deep-seated hate for that man because he said that an immature woman is the only type of woman who um, who has an orgasm with external pleasure. No, that is 99% of most women cannot orgasm without external stimulation. Absolutely. There was an, um, so we think that the clit was discovered sometimes in, sometime in the 1980s. That's not correct. It was originally like the, the structure of it, I should say. It was sometime in the late 1800s, but then it made a resurgence in the late 80s, early 90s. And then now is like, or at least my feed is filled with clits because that's just how I roll. <laughs> Mine is definitely not filled with them. Okay. So we need to get on the train of having our feeds filled with clits is all I'm saying. Well, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking we should do like a, I know that you don't particularly care to do things online, but the majority of my audience is online. I'm trying yeah. to build up in person here in the yeah. Dayton, Ohio area, but not, but, and I, mm -hmm. the but means an either or kind of thing. And yet um, I'm thinking maybe we should do some kind of a, a circle together where my audience, like, you know, Sarah is going to come and do this with us oh. because I need it just as much as anybody else. Does. It's one of my most favorite things to do. And actually I've not done a circle about vulva education in quite some time. So I feel like we need to get it on the books. We need to do uh, yeah. The things. Yeah. Yeah. Because can, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. So one of the, the two books that are like on the top of my head. There's so many more, but if I could recommend two books for you to get deep, deep, deep education on vulva, vagina, and pleasure, number one is Come As You Are. One of the Ooh. best books I have ever, ever read. And she talks very deeply about um, non-concordance, which is your brain is ready to have sex, your body is ready to have sex, but your vulva and vagina are not ready. And inversely, your vulva and vagina are ready to have sex, but your body and your mind are disconnected from the idea of having sex. Because sometimes we... On the ladder. My body is like, hey, let's go. And my brain is like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. So she talks about that. One of the best books. Her name is Emily. I cannot think of her last name, but it's like Nagowski or something along that. She also okay, has I'm a podcast. Sure title, Come As You Are, is going to find it. <laughs> yes. Yes. And she also, I believe she just started a podcast or she's had a podcast. So highly recommend this brilliant woman. And then the one that like super got me started because Come As You Are was probably the second book I read. But the first book, I, well, I should say read I'm audiobook because I, dr I drive insane amount. Um, is Vagina a New Biography. So that made me aware of, we're very aware of our vagus nerve, but very little do, do we know about our pudendal nerve, which our pudendal nerve it is in the pelvic bowl, the pelvic floor of our bodies, both, both all sexes have it. Um, our pudendal nerves are unique to us. 
which could be why some of us can experience deep pleasure with internal stimulation as opposed to external. Um, okay. You can experience pudendal nerve entrapment, which is where it gets entrapped inside the muscles in the pelvic floor and it can decrease sensation. There's a whole bunch on that, but please, please know, I just want to give a trigger warning. The, I believe it's the second half of the book. So she breaks it up into three chunks. The second half has to do with um, the use of assault and the um, it, to control women. So please know that, that that is yeah. included in there. It was... Okay. It, it it was at moments I had to pause and step back from it, but it was necessary for us to understand because so much of our world is shaped by what we experience and how we grow up. And so in this Western culture with the truly, we are unaware of how much peace we actually have here. I know that there are many things that, that, that run us hot between, um, racial injustice and things like that. But when you look at war-torn areas, we do not understand the same way that the people who experience war agree. We, we don't understand that. And it is a tactic used to destroy women. And so I just want to let you know that that is a part of it. But as for me, it is a necessary read because of the information that is, in, is inside of it. And it makes us empathetic and, and sympathetic to women all around the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah, I like pleasure. I wrote, them, I wrote them both down. Okay, good. You should. They're they're really good. Really. And both, uh, not every audiobook is worth the read because sometimes the reader is difficult to listen to. Both of them are very good um, with, I can't remember if the author reads both of them. I think Emily does do Come As You Are. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me, but both of them are very easy listens audiobook wise. Awesome. We'll see now. So now you got super intimate. Now my listeners know way more about me than they would like to know. Hey, but. yo. But here's the thing. If we don't have these conversations, Sarah, who is? Exactly. Who's going to have these conversations? Because exactly. I, I am not the only woman who goes through this same kind of stuff, right? You just, I'm not. I know I'm not. Yep. Yep. I know that we all think that we're special, but we are not special in this capacity. Every person goes through these things. So it's important that we talk about them exactly, exactly what you said. So, you know, yeah, so that's one of the things I love talking about is pleasure. It is. Um, it is always interesting to me where I sit. I don't want to use, I don't want to use lower vibration words like envy or jealousy. Mm -hmm. I want to step into a higher vibration of, I am in awe of, mm. of, transgender women who uh, embrace everything about yeah. being a woman. They do. Yeah. And I look at that and I go, Oh my God, you're amazing. And, then and they I do it unapologetically. unapologetically. Make, at least on the surface, I can't imagine some of the things that they might go through on the, in the background, just like we all yes. do, but they embrace the femininity like nobody's business. More so than people like me who were born with it. And you just take advantage of it because it's there. Right. Yep. yep. And then I also sit in utter awe of beautiful human beings like Jackie O uh. who step on that stage and they put on the most amazing dresses and they do their hair and their makeup mm -hmm. and they are fucking stunning. Yeah. And I look at them and I'm like, I could never look like that. Yeah. But you, you could. know, 
Well, and that's the thing. So it's yeah. reminding myself, I can be that beautiful and yeah. I can move like that. I can do those things. Yes. Get out of your head and just yeah. do them. And that's what I am in awe of yeah. is that these beautiful people who do drag, these beautiful people who are transgender women mm-hmm. step into these roles and basically set an example for women like me to go, get the fuck out of your head. Yep. Go be the woman that you're meant to be. Yep. I love it. I love it all. It gives us permission. Sometimes we literally just need to have someone go, you can do that. You know, you're allowed to do that. And then it's, it, I was given permission one time to scream and it is my favorite medicine to offer people. When I say you need to scream, I mean, scream from the bottom of your souls, from the pelvic of your floor, from, from your internal organs. I want you to scream. It is the best medicine. It is the best medicine. People don't realize how powerful that scream can be. Yeah. So did you, did you see what Jake wrote? Now, let me see. Women have guided and protected me my whole life. Jackie owes a celebration of all that feminine energy. I've admired. You're so sweet. I love you. I love you. I love it. I, I just, he is such an amazing human being. And I yeah. love being able to watch the Ruby girls and do their thing. And, you know, huge plug for the Ruby girls here yeah. in the Dayton, Ohio area. So I, they are loving. They raised over a million dollars for AIDS research. Over a yeah. million dollars. They will, they will do anything to go above and beyond to help the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. be everything that you need to be. And, you know, if you're in this area, support the Ruby girls, watch their shows, do the things. Um, uh, he's actually, the- Jackie O is going to be our MC at the semi-annual. I know, I cannot wait. Fundraiser. Yes. I am so excited. He's already um, gotten a few sponsors for us. I'm just, I'm in awe. Thank you. You have no idea how much it means to me. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. So, um, let's see. I'm like, I'm so excited talking about all, these <laughs> all the things. I know. I'm like, okay. So, um, it, Jake's like, I'm big excited. We are too, babe. Listen, you know, I mean, I love the Burlex show last year, but knowing mm-hmm. that my beautiful, sweet friend is going to be the MC, like, I cannot wait. Uh, yeah, no I'm so jazzed. I'm so freaking jazzed. I know it's like, what dress is she going to wear? What kind of, what hair is she going to wear? What do yeah. we, we can watch it all. It's going to be big time. It's going to, it's going to be to the point where in our next one or two, I don't know if it's by the next one or the following one, because we do this semi-annually to raise funds for the temple, just for operating costs and to, con- to continue to allow our spiritual community to um, be anchored into place in the Dayton area. But in the next one or two, we're going to be too big for the space. So we're going to have to outsource the space that we actually have this show to make room for more people, which is just, which is like... <laughs> You have no idea. I've been wanting to do burlesque since for over 20 years. And to know that something that I helped create for the temple has is becoming so big with the help of the most magnificent souls. Like um, yeah. Jake is Jackie O of the Ruby Girls and then Gem City Burlesque. If it weren't for Gem City Burlesque, these last two would not have happened as beautifully as they did. They are so gracious and allowing me to ask questions and gain opinions and be a part of the performance and introduce me to other burlesque performers. 
it's it's these are dream the literal dreams are coming true through yeah. collaboration and i if you would have asked 2014 version of me if my life would be like this i would have said you were fucking crazy i would have been like i don't know what kind of pot or crack you're smoking but you're crazy and <laughs> i cannot believe some of the things that i get to do in life it's just so yummy i can't not drink it up I, yeah, me too. And that's exactly how I feel about this life. And it's funny because, you know, the last burlesque show that I went to in November, and I, I mean, I've gone to other burlesque shows and I love them. And every time I walk out, I sit there and I go, I know I can do that. Mm -hmm. And like, there's a really true deep part of me that really wants to learn to do this. I want to do it. Then it becomes, where do I find a stage where I can do it? How do I learn? What do I do? Mm -hmm. And... <laughs> What was that mm -hmm for? Mm -hmm. I know somebody who has a stage. <laughs> I know someone. You do. I do. So now I have to learn. Like I just yeah. have to. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll. 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 Yeah. So you hear me stuttering, right? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> we got you, bitch. We got this. We got to make dreams come true. Life is too short. It's too short for all of the amazing experiences that we can have. And even you. though my heart aches for travel and I know travel is in my future, we don't have to travel to make dreams come true. No, we don't. I agree. I totally agree with you. It is. Um, I mean, watching, watching the burlesque show is, it is freeing in so many ways. Mm -hmm. The The body positivity that comes from that show. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's just, it is truly a blessing. Yeah. Truly a blessing. I agree. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think, you know, my old saggy boobs who have fed children and mm -hmm. <laughs> done mm -hmm. the things. Yep. And it's like, you know what? All forms of a body are beautiful and wonderful and expressive. Yeah. You know, they are. And that's exactly how it should be. It's a celebration. Our bodies are a celebration no matter how they look. Our bodies are a celebration. I yeah. agree. And for that. those of you interested, it's Saturday, August 19th. Tickets go on sale very soon. If you want to be a part of the burlesque show. Templeoftherebelgoddess.com. That's right. Upcoming events. <laughs> we got to plug it all, right? We That's right. We do. Burlesque. We plug the Ruby Girls. We yep. plug it all. We got to make sure we cover everything. That's right. That's right. Um, so the, so here's the, the one question that I ask everybody. Yeah. I've, gotten, like, I've been kind back. of scared about you asking me this question. Why? Go ahead and ask it. I don't know. Ask it. What does spirituality mean to you? Oh, yeah. So sometimes I, I get these flashes of images and then I try to put words to these flashes of images. Um, it, so I'm, I'm going to do my best. I'm just going to give you like short bursts of answers for what spirituality is to me. Um, the face of God for me is nature. She is absolutely everything. She is my hands and her soil. She's my bare feet on the earth. She's the smell of the fire that's crackling behind me. She is the wind in my hair, the sun on my skin, the scream on my breath. She is the moans that I make. She is the stars that I see in the sky. Spirituality to, me, spirituality to me is the feeling, the feeling of ecstatic bliss, of ecstatic experience, of foot stomping elation, of sweat down the back, of hiking your skirt up and dancing your most 
ridiculous dance and not giving two flying fucks about it. Spirituality to me is the connection of breath between two souls or five souls or 20 souls. Spirituality is expansive and no words will ever be good enough to express for me what spirituality is. Tell me why you were afraid for me to answer that. Like, I, didn't, I don't know. I didn't want you to stop talking. I'm sitting here going, wait, you're done? No, keep talking, Sarah. I don't know. I don't know. It's drumming. It's singing. It's screaming. I know I've already said that, but screaming is so fucking important. Okay, so this is one of the things that I will also say. Um, the, the health of our pelvic floor is a direct correlation to our throat. If you were to look at... Um, I posted it recently on Rebel Woman with Teacups. So that is a podcast that uh, Shelly was recently featured on that Sam and I do. Um, So if you go back and you look on our Instagram post, we don't have a Facebook page for um, Rebel Woman with Teacups. But if you go back, you're going to see this image of the throat, the vocal cords, and the esophagus in comparison to the uh, vulva or vagina. I can't remember if it's because vulva is exterior. That's all of the parts and pieces that we experience on the outside of our bodies. The vagina is interior. Vagina is a Latin translation for the word sheath. So you could see it as a sheath to a sword, which Mm -hmm. if you experience internal pleasure that way. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the way that the vulva, I'm sorry, the vagina and the larynx match up and then the vocal cords and throat to the pelvic floor and um, vaginal canal. It's, it's astonishing. You moan when you make babies, you moan when you give birth to babies. If you have, if you have a tight throat because you're keeping back your truth, you have a overstressed pelvic floor. Wow. It is astonishing. It is astonishing the connection that our our upper and our lower, the above and the below, have yeah. to one another. It is astonishing their connection. So if you find yourself always reserving yourself, or maybe it could be the opposite. Maybe you're overusing your voice and you're you're not taking the the, the time to stop and listen. Your pelvic floor could be weaker in that aspect because you can be over tight and you can be under tight in your pelvic floor, and that can lead to some serious health issues. The health of our pelvic floor is insanely important, and. Um, I would caution that if you're starting to work with your pelvic floor, don't immediately turn to Kegels. Kegels are, is not for everybody because if you are already over tight, you're tightening an already tight pelvic floor and you're disservicing yourself. So this is where I would absolutely, absolutely recommend for you to go to a pelvic floor specialist to get a, uh, an assessment because, and also your anal canal is connected to your pelvic floor. So you could have a weak um, vaginal canal and an overtight anal canal. And in those two convergences can be some, some deep healing that needs to happen. Yeah. And so I, the, and this goes for any gender, everybody has a pelvic floor. We need to understand the health of our pelvic floor on a deep and intimate level, because why do you want to go and experience life with pain inside your body when, when we do have tools and I know that not everybody is um, financially 
especially in this Western culture that we live in, we don't have the healthcare that we need. So this is where we need to start talking to people. Do, does somebody we know know a pelvic floor specialist that is willing to do um, exams at a lower cost or at an exchange? I, I know that there's probably legal parameters that they have to follow, but when we start talking about it and we start exploring it and we start researching it, that's where the magic will happen. I, I, I'm, it's not going to be an easy road, but no. is your body, your heart, your soul, your physical well-being worth it? Absolutely, it's worth it. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it makes me like it makes me look back and wonder now. I mean, I was diagnosed with kidney issues and stuff when I was a kid, which I mean, no surprise. Right. I was molested as a child. Where do you mm -hmm. think all that energy got stuck? It got yeah. stuck in my, you know, in my root chakra, in my sacral chakra, I screwed up a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, I had three children, yep. I had three children very young and at age 27, I had to have a bladder lift Yep, because I was peeing myself all the time, all the time. Yep. And I remember going in for the surgery and all of the nurses came walking in and just looked at me and went, oh, I don't think I, like literally every nurse walked into the, you know, into the OR, you know, you're in that waiting room. Mm -hmm. this, this was back in 96. Okay. So they walked into that, into the room where I'm in the hospital bed. They walked in and went, oh, I'm in the wrong room. Sorry. And I'm like, okay. And they walk out, they grab my chart and walk back in and kind of look at me. And I said, I've had three children. And they're like, oh, they literally were shocked at how young I was to yeah. have that surgery. Yeah. But Sarah, when you look back at all the shit that I've been through in that area, is it really mm -hmm. a surprise that I had a bladder mesh? No. No. And you the and we think the pelvic floor is just for our sexual organs. No, that is the girdle for all of your organs and your torso. Yeah. It holds all of that weight. So why are we not? learning how to take care and tend to something that holds our, almost our, all of the functioning organs. Yeah. Almost all of them. Yeah. And you know, it's funny cause now I sit here and I think about, because, you know, I have this program that I run called the path of grace, which is all about epigenetics and working with the mother wound. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here being reminded my, my grandmother who's on the other side, my grandma Gregory just said, just literally gave me a picture when she was in her, I don't know, maybe her 60s. I remember hearing somebody say, Grandma had to go in to do an emergency hysterectomy because she went to go to the bathroom and everything just dropped out. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I'm going, Oh my God, Grandma, like yep. you literally, like this is an epigenetic down through the family. We need to work on this pelvic bowl and recognizing yeah. the beauty of being a woman and getting through all this stuff. Yep. Because we deserve it. We absolutely deserve it. Every human deserves it. And we also have to think about because we live in a more sedentary society, things like this wasn't were not as prevalent in our um, ancestors because they were consistently moving. They walked everywhere. They yeah. got down. Like one of the things that you'll notice in a lot of um, cultures that modern cultures, but they're still quote unquote considered primitive, which like, come on. Um but I would say they're the most natural. But when they cook and clean, a lot of the times they get down, um, they squat like they're in garland pose is the best way mm -hmm. I can describe it. Um, malasana, for those of you who know it, it's a yoga pose. So like you're squatting down, you're squatting down. Like if you, if you look at babies who are 
who can walk when they squat down the way that they squat down and shape their their knees that's the way that we need to be doing a lot of things and I just call doing that the china squat because when we went to china to go get my daughter everybody sits on the court like that's just how they sit on the corner they just squat yep. everywhere yep. not to mention there's nothing but squat potties in china yep Yep, exactly. Because that's the best way that we should be using the restroom because it's taking the resistance of our body, the way that we've been sitting. It's, it removes the kinks essentially and allows that flow to happen. That's why I call them um, shit stools in my house. So I've had a shit stool before shit stools were even a shit stool. So <laughs> we had, so we had this conversation. Do you remember this? We talked about that. The minute you hear the thing on the floor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It is like a, a sound of comfort because I know somebody's taking shit. Yes, <laughs> or even just peeing. It works for anything. It I, I give, yeah. I, you know, I watched Shark Tank when they came out with the squat potty, which makes complete sense, and I'm glad yeah. that people have it. Yeah. And I was like, I was talking to my husband. I went, "Oh, I should get one of those." And he goes, "Why don't you just use Madison's step stool, which is my exactly. granddaughter?" So yep. I just use my granddaughter's old step stool, and I pull it around and I use it. Yep exactly how it came to be in my house yes. too. <laughs> so much easier so much yeah. easier and I can I just tell you how much I enjoy being able to have these very open conversations with no embarrassment yeah because I have zero be. it, there should not be there yeah. should not be a problem with talking about having a menstrual cycle there should not be a problem with any of this none yeah. of it you know, and we need to make all of this normal. Everybody poops. I don't care who says they don't. Everybody farts. Everybody poops. Everybody pees. And if you're not pooping, baby, go to the doctor. Something ain't right. Correct. Get <laughs> some probiotics. Do something. But yeah, you need to go. Yep. And, you know, it's just it's so important that we have these conversations. I know it makes some people uncomfortable, but I would bet you that there are more people who need to hear this. Yeah, then there are the ones who are uncomfortable with it. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. serious. These are, I mean, we just, we have to have these conversations. We need to continue to do them. I agree. And I'm, I'm like legit dead serious about us doing a women's circle online with all of this. Yeah. Like, I got a, I got a uh, slide show already set up. I'll add some more information. We good. I would love to do that. Let's do yeah. it. Let's do it. Um, let's see. I've had so much fun. I almost don't want it to stop. I know. <laughs> I also want to be respectful of the fact that it's been an hour and I don't want to like hold you up from all the things. Cause I know you have lots of stuff to do many things that you have in your life going on. And I am just so grateful to have been able to meet you and yeah. work with the temple, work at the temple and just, be able to share in that community with the amazing community that you and Sam have built. I am honored to be a piece of it, a part of it and being able to share my energy and speak about it and just all the things. And I yeah. am just gratitude, Sarah. So, so much gratitude. Gratitude to you. Thank you, Julian, for like connecting yeah. all of us because through Julian was you and through you was Jake. Like, yeah. That's amazing. Like all of the things, all of the confluence of events have happened I know. to make and us I, all better. It, it, it is. And I, you know, if I sit here and this is where I start to get into like the, you know, allowing my emotions to flow, because when I think about it, right, I mm -hmm. met Julian a long time ago 
And um, we met through someone who I don't even, they're not even front center on my stage anymore. They're backstage and we don't really talk anymore. Uh And, you know, I just look at the things that spirit orchestrates. Yeah. You know, spirit just is so prevalent for me. And it's let me orchestrate this to bring this person to move this piece to get you where you need to be so you can do all these amazing things. It's so gorgeous. It is. And I like I can't stop the crying because I am just so fucking grateful yeah. that this is my life and this is what <laughs> I get to do. And I'm not like stuck in these corporate surroundings. You know, I mean, we had this discussion before. My budget is nowhere near as big as it used to be. Yeah. But for the first time in my life, I am fucking happy. Yeah. I and am. I know, I know that like both of us or anybody that is with integrity in the spiritual game, we all want to make money just because it would make our life softer. But the fact that we keep doing it regardless of not knowing whether or not we can make ends meet. Yeah. Like that right there. That's for me, that's super integrity. It is. There's a lot of inauthenticity in this realm. There is a lot and it's so unfortunate. It's so unfortunate. So if you have found yourself to have ever been encircled with someone who has been inauthentic or without integrity, take your take your space, take your healing, because we all need to do that. But don't let that take you away from the work. Not at all. Because that's where life just explodes is when you still, when you still get into the work. You just find new teachers. You find new paths. Yes. It's all worth it. It yeah, is so worth it. Which is why I love that you had said earlier, you know, when you're getting these little snippets of stuff through social media, because the way that um, technology is written, it's written to give you these snippets Uh of stuff. And, you know, part of me really dislikes social media just because (laughs) it is a game that you have to play to use the right SEO, to hit the algorithms, to do the right things, to spread the message, to do this stuff. And you can't give this full openness of this yeah. is really what we need to talk about. And, you know, I, I, it just, I don't know. I mean, it gets me into the whole, this is how the white patriarchy runs is through social media. Where Then there's the rest of us with spiritual who are like, I have to use that. Yeah. I do in order to keep getting my business out there and growing. Yeah. I mean, that's just the new evolution that we're in. I mean, we were in, you know, at one point we were word of mouth, we were written, we were notices in the newspaper, things at coffee shops, you know, all the things we're just in a new evolution. And it's just learning how to navigate that, even though um, there's only so much control we have as trying to get in the digital realm as to get our information out, but it is what it is. But if the word of mouth is good, it's going to be good. I don't disagree with you. And that is why I don't really advertise per se. I get, and I, everybody who comes in and and books a session with me and says, Hey, listen, I want to do a reading. Very first thing I always say to them is how did you find me? Because I need to know what is happening. How are you getting me? Same thing, especially with the temple. How did you hear about us? (laughs) Yeah. I have two main ways that everybody hears about me. One is I did a Google search and you came up. Uh-huh. And the second highest one, point. <laughs> yeah, the second highest one or, or the the top big one is recommendation. Yeah, I got your name from a friend. 
And I had the most beautiful thing happen yesterday during a reading. This woman came in and I said to her, how did you find me? And she said, oh, through my friend. And she gave me the name of the friend. And I don't even know who this woman is. Like she's never been a client before. And so somebody who didn't even know me has heard of me, knew my reputation, recommended me. And the reading was phenomenal. And I just literally just keep stepping into grace and gratitude for Thank you, spirit. Yes, my budget is not where I would like for it to be, but I still have power. I still have internet and Mm -hmm. I'm doing what I'm doing until I don't have a breath in my body. Yeah, I agree. And then on the other side, I'm going to be somebody's kick-ass fucking spirit guide. So watch it. (laughs) I love it. Yes. I've already told the spirit world I am not going to reincarnate for a very long time. If ever, I want to go be that kick-ass spirit guide. I love it. I love that that's the People agreement. Like you and me and go, bitch, what are you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> let's 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 get you back over here. Where, where are you going? Let's not go off on that trail. <laughs> oh, goodness, goodness, goodness. All right. Well, thank you so, so much, my thank beautiful, you. beautiful friend. For Can I shout out here? Can I shout out like certain social media things and where to find me and all that jazz? I could have like talked over top of you from actually telling me to do that. So that's my bad. Okay. So I'm not that active on Facebook. So if you message me on Facebook, wait like one or two weeks and you might hear back from me. I'm super active on Instagram. So I'm Sassy Sarah Monroe. That name was bestowed upon me by Bookworm Bonnie, who was the 2013 queen of the hobos. That is an actual real title. I love it. So that is why I go by Sassy Sarah. So Sassy Sarah Monroe on Instagram, um, the Art of Wild Pleasure is a page that receives my Instagram information on Facebook, theartofwildpleasure.com, templeoftherebelgoddess.com, um, Temple of the Rebel Goddess uh, Instagram, and Rebel Woman with Teacups on Instagram. Um, applications for the Rebirth of Your Wild 2024 retreat will open in October of this year. And then I have a retreat. The dates are in flux because there was a um, snafu with the retreat center. So I don't have the exact dates, but in May is my soft and slow, a wild woman surrendered to her ecstatic pleasure retreat. I have a weekend retreat coming up in September. Only five spots are left. That is a semi-primitive camping retreat. We have access to water and electricity, no promises on showers. And, um, that's a gritty, that's a yummy and gritty one. And I hope to have more retreats in the future. Oh, that all sounds amazing. So I, I want first dibs on the October one. Okay. I'll put you on the wait list. Wait list people. If you go to my website right now, there's a sign up for a wait list. Those open in September because last year that retreat sold out in two months. Is that Which on the Art of Wild Blessings? Pleasure? It is. Blessings on top of blessings on top of blessings. I had to beg people to come to my first one. I did not sell out for my second one, but I was like the right people who were supposed to be there will be there. And then the third year it sold out in two months and I just can't believe it. And I have a huge wait list. The wait list is 20 people. Oh, where is it at? If you go to my website, you'll see sacred, sacred week long retreats and you'll see soft and slow and the rebirth of your wild. And if you go to the rebirth at the bottom of the page, you'll see sign up for our wait list. Can you tell them like doing it right now? I can. I can. I can hear you typing. <laughs> I'm here for it. Why applications open right there? Apply here. Um, no, if you go a little bit further, that should say blah, 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 blah. that should say applications closed because it is closed for this year. <laughs> and payment plans are available because I know this is a higher cost retreat, so payment plans are available. 
All I see is apply here. Did I do the wrong one? Hold on. Soft and slow. Oh, that's May. soft and slow. That's the main one. If you go oh, to rebirth of your wild. So it's two different retreats. Okay. Gotcha. 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 Okay. Awesome. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yay. Thanks. Thanks, bitches. Thanks, bitches. This has been an absolutely wonderful, wonderful experience. I am thrilled and excited to have done all of this with you. You are such an amazing human being. You too. I don't even know. I, I, there's just not enough words that I can say. So thank you, thank you to all of you for watching. If you're just picking up on the end of the podcast, please know you really need to watch the whole thing. <laughs> we talked all about women's pleasure. We talked about the vagina, the clitoris. We talked about black, uh, pelvic floors. We talked about all the things that women really need to know, need yeah. to understand. We shouted out some amazing businesses, Gym City Burlesque, Ruby Girls, The Art of Wild Pleasure, um, The Temple of the Rebel Goddess, truly all of these beautiful things. And I will list all of um, Sarah's access on social media. I'll put all of those on the podcast. So if you want to catch this, um, you can either rewatch it on my Facebook page or you can go to WTFSpirit.com and you can re-listen to the whole podcast, What the Fuck Spirit. Yay! Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. I love you so much, and I hope I you have you. an amazing rest of your day. You Mwah. too. Mwah. Love you. Have a good one. You love too. you. Bye. Bye.